Okay. Thank you, Terry. And thank you to so many of you who were here with us last week for the Centennial Mass kickoff. It was just an incredible day. So I have some slides that I'm going to share. So let me see if I can pull these up. Um, here we go. And oops. Okay, I'm trying to get to the full screen. Can you guys see my screen in full? No. Let's see. Um, here we go. From the beginning. Okay. So I um, have put together just a few slides to walk us through the process that we went through to where to begin, you know, to celebrate 100 years. So this picture is actually a photo that was taken on April 26th of 1924, 100 years ago on our dedication day. But there's um, more to the story um, before we get to this day. So I want to walk us back to the early 1920s, which the sisters were, you know, they came um, from, from Vancouver up to Seattle, and they were on the streets serving the poor in the early 1920s, and especially serving in a local poor farm. And Sister Mary Conrad was approached by the local bishop at the time, and they were dreaming of building a home for the aged. There were many aged and poor um, elders in the community and no place to turn. So because of the war, the dream was really put on hold for a, a short while, a couple of years, actually. And in uh, 1923, a local businessman gave Sister Mary Conrad uh, her first $1,000 check. And that began to, you know, serve as a catalyst for the fundraising that was needed and the cornerstone was laid in 1923, and they actually moved in on January 24th of 1924. Importantly, they moved their provincial administration from Vancouver to this site here at Providence, Mount St. Vincent. And they um, started to prepare their infirmary, and they had their novices um, here um, to prepare them for service as sisters as they would go through their studies. So they moved in and they got the building ready to serve. So when we saw that earlier picture of the grand opening, that comes a few months later. So we knew that we wanted to honor the sisters first. Clearly, we would not be here if it were not for their incredible vision and tireless efforts. Can you imagine doing that scope of fundraising um, and rallying the community and the building project alone History says that this place was built in six months, and imagine an undertaking like that of, of that scope in today's times. It's hard to believe that that could be done. So to honor the sisters first, we started preparing um, a special mass that would be in their honor, and that's what took place last week. And we're going to talk a little bit, um, share a little bit about the mass because it was just so wonderful but in our early planning, we went to meet with several of the sisters to ask them what would be a special commemorative item that we could prepare for them and give them as a gift on this day. And they said, oh, please don't, 
please don't spend money on any such things. And we came to the idea that, of course, the right thing to do to honor the sisters would be to further their works of charity. So we embarked on a campaign that we call our Legacy of Love campaign. And I love this quote from one of our foundation board members, Sister Charlene Huden. I can't think of a better way to honor the 100-year legacy of the Sisters of Providence at the Mount than with a gift of charity care for residents in need. So at the bottom, I put a little footnote on this slide that last year through our foundation and our incredible donor community, we provided over a million dollars in charitable support. And for 2024, that number is increasing by a sizable amount. So the timing was was um, right, if you will. The needs are great. And the sisters back in the day would have done the same thing. How can we use this legacy of love as an opportunity to shine a light on the needs here and the tremendous um, legacy of loving care and extraordinary care that continues here to this day? So we launched the campaign, this Legacy of Love campaign in honor of the sisters. And um, that had been running for, you know, a couple of months while we were doing all the planning for this this big event last week. And then the special day arrived last week. It, it just seemed it came so fast um, following the holidays, but it was a wonderful day. We had um, a beautiful um, showing of community always here at the mountains is always a, a community project. So we have volunteers and board members and residents were passing out the uh, order of service along with the children up in the chapel from the Intergenerational Learning Center were involved and the um, sponsors all came, which was incredible with Dr. Hawkman here and Seattle Archbishop Paul Etchen. They gathered before mass and had a special meeting and it was really special to have um, Marianne Slattish Lance, who's our newest sponsor over in the um, far right left um, corner of the photo there. It was just incredible to have them all here with us. And it really affirmed us in our work here at the Mount. Um, all the people and all the leaders, so many of you who came and were with us, it just meant the world to everyone. And it it it. it shows that we are still such an incredible community of people who care beyond just the caregivers. It takes all of us to make this um, legacy continue. So it was a grand um, day. And importantly, all about the sisters. So we had several rows of front row seating for the sisters. They had corsages. And these are two sisters who brought up the gifts, the um, one sister in the blue jacket was a nurse here in the early years, and um, it just was really profound to have their participation. Um, our spiritual care director, Deanne, Deanna Drake, said that she could feel their pride and joy. She was kind of up front, and I was more toward the back of the chapel, and I really could feel it also when we were singing um, the communion hymn um, one bread, one body, I could hear all the way in the back of the chapel, their voices harmonizing. And I'll never forget that moment because the joy in their voices 
just made us, you know, made me feel like, wow, we we really did the right thing today in honoring them. And let's let's go back one. Um, thank you to uh, Tim Servin who came up and also throughout our planning process helped us, you know, have all the best planning when you're um, holding a mass with the Archbishop and it adds a level of uh, technical <laughs> dimension to your planning. So thank you, Tim, so much. And Tim also um, provided some remarks for us and introduced the video that we're going to see in just a minute, our centennial video, and importantly um, shared the announcement that we had collectively raised as a community over $500,000 toward our $1 million goal to honor the sisters. So we're going to continue with this Legacy of Love campaign and hope to reach that goal. But I know the sisters were so proud to hear that that day. And Sister Jacqueline, on behalf of the Provincial Council, gave um, some wonderful gratitude remarks, um, especially to the caregivers here at the Mount and the broader community of supporters for him, you know, this ministry would not be possible without. So we continued um, wonderful luncheon and um, Sister Suzanne here, you'll see in the video, talks about how, <clears throat> of course, this ministry will continue. Um, and we've been known here at the Mount to reinvent a few times and be um, trendsetters, if you will, as we introduced person-centered care and neighborhood home environments and the intergenerational learning center, we know that we will find a way forward creatively to meet the needs of the broader community. And before we turn to the video, I just want to read this last note from Sister Jacqueline, who said, as we celebrate the milestone of 100 years at Providence Mount St. Vincent, let us take this opportunity to recommit ourselves to the values of compassion and care for all members of our community, especially the vulnerable. Let us pledge to continue the legacy of love, compassion, and dedication that has been the hallmark of the Sisters of Providence and all caregivers. Thank you for taking all of your part in making the Mount what it is today, a beacon of light in our community. And then she says, and here's to another 100 years of ministry of care here at the Mount. And so we will be celebrating more throughout this year. On April 26th is the 100 years since the dedication day, which was the grand opening. And you saw on that first slide all the people who came. So we'll be doing lots of fun things on that dedication day and inviting the broader Community, this is a little more of a private event kickoff for the honoring of the sisters' first arrival here. And then there'll be lots more throughout the, the year. So this is really our, our, our kickoff. But I want to invite each of you. The Legacy of Love campaign is continuing. We are going to get to that million dollar, um, milestone of gratitude of additional charity care that's needed here at the Mount, the gap is actually over $4 million. And we work so hard through the foundation and all of our amazing donors to do what we can. And we really invite each of you to consider, as we reflect on what the sisters have brought to all of our ministries, 
we would not be here were it not for their incredible vision, their tireless dedication, and their legacy of love. So I will put the link in the um, chat box while we're watching the video. You can actually scan this QR code to your left. Um, but do think about we all have so many special sisters that have been role models and mentors and people that we admire so much. You can also make your gift in dedication or in honor or in memory of one of those sisters, and we'll make sure that they get a special note or to their family. So that is my sharing. And then we're going to, I know Rachel's going to queue up for us the um, centennial video. If it's okay to go to that next, Terry, or do you want to wait for that toward the end? Nope, the video now, and then we'll move on with our agenda. Okay, okay. thank this you is great. so much. Thank you. Thank you. On July 29, 1923, the cornerstone was laid for the St. Vincent Home for the Aged and the House of Providence, what we now know as Providence Mount St. Vincent. This achievement all began with Mother Joseph. Mother Joseph uh, and four other sisters came west in 1856. It was not easy. They left Montreal, went to New York, traveled tumultuous seas from New York down to the Isthmus of Panama. They dismantled the Fort Vancouver where the Hudson Bay Company had left many, many buildings. The military bought, uh, built her a convent within probably 10 years, she had a school, she had a hospital, she had an orphanage, she had a mental health facility. So I think the Sisters of Providence have an innate ability to look at what's needed and get it done. After Mother Joseph established Providence Hospital in Seattle in 1877 and began attending to the needs of the poor here, Sister Mary Conrad noticed the need for a home to house the elderly sometime after the turn of the century. In 1920, after the close of World War I, and as the Spanish flu pandemic was coming to a close, Seattle banker Frank Sullivan, moved by the poverty he saw around him, gave Sister Mary Conrad $1,000 to begin construction of a home for the aged and promised more. When this was built, we were a, a beacon on the hill, a light. Uh, and. We still are that light. Within six months, the St. Vincent Home for the Aged was built with the support of the community and St. Vincent Auxiliary of Women on a nine-acre campus at one of the highest points in West Seattle overlooking the city. On January 24, 1924, the Sisters of Providence moved into St. Vincent Home for the Aged and moved their provincial administration, infirmary, and novitiate from Vancouver, Washington to their new home. It was a place where sisters were novice, novitiates, and then also taking care of older adults before the era of Medicare and Medicaid. On April 26th that same year, the Mount opened its doors to the public. From the 1930s to the 1950s, the Mount was very different from what you see today. Sisters mainly cared for residents with separate floors for men and women. Novices and postulants were tasked to mop the floors at the Mount, and they clean the bathrooms, and do whatever a janitorial service actually would do. I would say kind of on-job training for us as uh, postulants and novices 
to be of service to others. The sisters can fruits and vegetables from the orchards and gardens that were once on the campus, and the women's auxiliary grew to 50 women to help provide services to seniors. There was orchards, there was apples and pears and peaches, and the sisters canned them, and they had a huge garden, and all the vegetables were grown there. And so they really were self-sustaining, I would say. In 1956, the Mount celebrated 100 years since Mother Joseph arrived at Fort Vancouver. From 1856 to 1956, the sisters expanded through the whole Pacific Northwest. They were every place. By this time, they were in Alaska. Uh, they were in Montana. They were in Washington, Oregon. We had no lay people running things. We had nurses, we had teachers. Um, it was quite phenomenal to, to look at what 100 years had provided for the people of the Northwest. Well, I was here. I was one of those sisters that uh, went through my postulancy and initiate here and took my final vows in this very chapel. In the 1960s, many changes came to the Mount. A 6.7 earthquake in 1965 rocked much of Seattle and damaged some of the Mount's original buildings. What was added to the Mount as a result of the earthquake and capital renovations was the apartments, retirement apartments, skilled nursing, and the sisters' residence. Therapy services were also added, and in May of 1966, the Mount Campus welcomed St. Joseph Residence. St. Joseph Residence was built with the intent of add the sisters that would not only live here, but could get their health support needs taken care of as well. In the 1970s and 80s, the Mount continued to grow and hit some key milestones, including celebrating its 50th anniversary in 1974. The sisters also ushered in their first lay administration in 1971. We couldn't just be dependent on the religious community to run the buildings and operate the building. From the administrator to the housekeeping department to all the direct care workers and nursing. Medicare and Medicaid came into being in the 70s. And the idea was to help seniors and older adults who needed services in residential settings or in healthcare settings, that there would be some financial means to support it. It was a great support to the Mount but it was not enough. To face the challenge of seniors living longer and running out of income, the Gamlin Foundation was established in 1982. Emily Gamlin started our religious community in Montreal in 1843. Sister Rita Fershweiler was instrumental in establishing the Gamlin Foundation, which we know today is the Providence Mount St. Vincent Foundation. And then came the 1990s, a time of revolutionary change at Providence Mount St. Vincent, and the vision campaign is launched. There was a phrase that was coined that the building was more of a place to die than to live, and how we were going to change that more into a home. Now Bob Ogden, who worked for Providence, who came from Alaska, who had based, who had done a lot of work in community-based settings, and came here to say, let's do it differently. We took 252 skilled nursing beds, reduced it to 215 beds so that we could create more common space for people. We took corridors that were longer than football fields and divided them in half. And in it, we make large adult family homes. And so we put kitchens on every neighborhood. It was the beginning of, of not having a dementia unit. It was being able to take care of people wherever they were and not being organized by a certain disease or function. 
This entirely new approach to senior care was revolutionary for its time. Assisted living services were added to the apartments. Then, Providence Mount St. Vincent added one more loving element. A preschool was established in 1991. It was an intergenerational child care center, an intergenerational in the sense that it was for the young and old that were here. We started out with one classroom of 35, and by the time we finished and five years later, we had 125 children in the building. So we got lots of attention from, the, from all kinds of people in the U.S. as well as outside um, to come and visit and study, to make study visits with us to see how'd you do it. In the 2000s, the Mount dedicated the Father Malahan Center for Healing based on whole person care and also expanded its transitional care unit to treat approximately 1,000 patients per year. To me, a whole person care is taking care of what's been said before, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Not just taking care of the medical needs, but the spiritual and emotional needs as well. The transitional care unit is just exactly what it says. It's transitioning people, not necessarily are able to go back to their home at first. In the 2010s, the Mount once again landed in the international spotlight with the release of The Growing Season, a documentary focused on the Intergenerational Learning Center. Over five years, um, we were filmed in our child care center and showing the integration of the young and old together. It wasn't mainstream to put a child care in a building. It wasn't mainstream to not have a dementia unit. It wasn't mainstream to um, not organize by level of care. All of those things at that time were pretty progressive. We had the 60 Minutes crew from Australia here. We were an Oprah magazine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of amazing. Just like the sisters have always been pioneers and always been um, in the forefront of services, we were the same way. The 2020s began with the pandemic, which changed every facet of life at the Mount. We had to do so many things differently so that we could survive the pandemic. So in every component, we have been challenged. We've made it through, but we have a long ways to go to recover from that. The Mount has been blessed with lots of recognition, but most recently we got an award from West Seattle from the Chamber of Commerce for Nonprofit of the Year. What it says to me is there's a lot of recognition of, of this building that's been here over 100 years and how they're recognizing it as an essential service to the West Seattle community. As Providence Mount St. Vincent celebrates 100 years of serving the community, it looks ahead to the next 100 years. We're still uh, a beacon of hope. I think that we will continue to be that. What is here is the heart. It's the heart and compassion and caring. And that's why we, we will continue. Absolutely. Oh, I won't be here, but the Mount will be here. Absolutely. We will continue to take care of this community. What makes the Mount extraordinary are the people, the caregivers, the volunteers, the residents, the patients. You can see that the moment you set foot at the Mount. I do believe that over the next 100 years, this building will be here. But I think that we, just like the sister, will trailblaze through that and figure out the best way to serve the community.